gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello to all you fine wrestling fans, except the marks who work the, work a work and end up working themselves into a shoot. When they don't know a shoot and they don't know a work, so they've worked themselves in a shoot when they really should have worked a work, brother. I'm Ross McLeod, tongue-tied after that intro, <laughs> joined by Mr. John Isherwood. Hello, mate. You wrote that down, didn't you? You did not do that off the top of your head. <laughs> I wish I did write it down. It would been a lot easier. I feel lightheaded now. But we'll talk a lot more about people working a shoot and working an angle and working a work, bro, uh, <laughs> when we get into this week's top story on Central. But before we do that... Just a reminder, the massive back catalogue here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, not just Central, but all the other shows. I'm not going to name them because I've still got a sore head from that intro, but you can find them on iTunes, Anchor, Android and Spotify. Just look for Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And if you search at Suplex Retweet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, well, you're going to find all our social media feeds. You can get involved in the conversation. Tell us how much you like my intro and how me having a brain damage after it is absolutely fine. But the top story this week, Carl Anderson. We very rarely talk about Carl Anderson unless his wife's taking control of his Twitter again, in which case he has front page news. But... um Carl Anderson recently returned to WWE with uh, Luke Gallows to reform the original club with AJ Styles, going up against the Judgment Day, and it's the latest edition of Sodomania on November the 5th, but only problem there is New Japan have a show on November the 5th, and he is currently the New Japan uh, Never Openweight Champion, uh, John Nist. Story grows arms and legs every five minutes. <laughs> it's absolutely wild, isn't it? You know, you saw the statements come out, and then one person saying, "Oh no, the, 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 that's not right. This is." Uh, he's, uh, I'm just, I'm confused by it. I don't know what the heck is going on anymore. It's like you said, there's arms and legs, there's <laughs> yeah, you know, extra body parts growing out all over this story. It, it's so wild. We'll go through a timeline of events. So essentially, a uh, 2020, the club are released. Roundabout 2020, and their talking shop podcast, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows described the Saudi shows as immoral. They didn't like doing them. Blah blah blah. 2020, uh, 2022, in the summer, Carl Anderson wins the New Japan Never Openweight Championship. October 2022, he returns to WWE. He's still that champion. He is meant to take on uh, Hikaleo, I believe it is, at the next New Japan show, which is the same day as Saudi, but he's accepted a gig to be part of the OC against the Judgment Day on one of these Saudi shows, which he claims he doesn't like. But, I mean, who doesn't love a bit of money, 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 money? Hey, maybe he's getting that swimming pool he always wanted. Well, maybe, maybe that above-ground swimming pool, classy lassie that he is. But <laughs> now it appears that it's been, that New Japan now knew that Carl Anderson would not be at this show. He was never booked for this show. He doesn't have an official contract. He's working on a handshake deal. And that New Japan are instructing people to tell, to make more of a big deal out of it than it really is. 
So it just looks like this is a storyline that is people are jumping on and getting out of hand. I think it's New Japan going hang on. There's a bit of a uh, bit of a chance for promotion here. I know we've had what we've had with AEW, but hello, we could get more eyes on our product here. You know, we, we've still got what we got going on over there. Maybe we're gonna, like you say, work a shoot, brother. You know what? What, what the heck's going on here? But their their name is now all over the wrestling press. You know, so people are going to be looking into this, and they're going to try and find out, and then maybe they'll see something, and, and maybe that's what it is. Because I'm sure Triple H will not want to, you know, rock any any boats with uh, New Japan. Maybe he wants to do something with them in the future. Maybe there's some kind of deal like what they've got with AEW, so maybe this is a plan concocted by all sides. Well, New Japan does have a good working relationship with Impact, AEW, did have a working relationship for many years with Ring of Honor in the States, Um, and yeah, they they don't seem like the type of people to close themselves off to the world. They're not not like a WWE where it's like, Someone leaves and then returns. But where have they been for three years? They were in a very deep sleep. Shut up. They <laughs> just weren't here, all right? They didn't go here. They don't work here anymore. No, it's, <laughs> it's one of the ones they do mention people from the past. They mention past accolades. There was obviously the, the touch of doubt because New Japan, as you said, did release a statement saying that Carl Anderson, if he doesn't show up to defend the title, will have to vacate it. But now it seems like they've known all along he wasn't going to be there. But when you look into that now, you even think that oh, that that is a bit worky, isn't it? You know, like, oh, he's got to vacate the title. Well, of course he would. If he's not going to turn up and defend it, you know, surely in your storyline, he's going to have to get rid of it. So, yeah, that that does kind of lend to this whole theory that they knew about it. What I said, and I, I would absolutely love it if it happened, what if Carl Anderson... Because it will be UK time, the Japan show, I believe, will be about 10 o'clock in the morning, midday, ever time. Yeah. Saudi show isn't until 5 o'clock at night. True. I would love it if, after all the... Because everyone knows he's not going to be there. Yeah. I would love it if he showed up at, is it Crown Jewel? Crown Jewel, yep. Yep, I'd love it if he showed up at Crown Jewel with the never open weight title around his waist. Well, yeah, they, they did uh, let Mickey James turn up with the Impact Knockouts Championship, didn't they? So, I mean, why not? I mean, this this is a new era now. We are in the Triple H regime, so why not? You know, Vince would probably be like, I'm never going to let that happen. But, you know, he... Um, oh, Vince, well, man, that's a blast in the past. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe this is a different matter now. Maybe Tri- Trips is fine with it. I, I don't know. Or, or are we just going to... I, I want to know who New Japan's version of Jack Tunney is. <laughs> Funny Jack Tunney himself there. Who thought he'd get a reference on the show today? But I'm coming here to strip him of a title. He's got to vacate that title because he can't defend it within 30 days. Well, obviously, you mentioned we obviously didn't do last week's um, Central. Uh, we didn't have time to, or, to do a Central last week. So we've not had a chance to talk about this, but we're talking about WWE working with people. Mm. And, you know, Mickey James coming out with the Impact World title, having the Impact sort of uh, name bar when she came out for the Royal Rumble. The DX reunion on the season premiere of Raw. Yeah, of course. A certain scissoring ma- man who loves... 
was not there. <laughs> da- Daddy Ass, are you talking about here? <laughs> Daddy Ass himself, Billy Gunn. Um, you know, they say don't do drugs, kids, but Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg stopped doing drugs and they looked fucking horrible. <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy, let's not mess about. Billy Gunn looks shredded, man. Yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop, don't do drugs, unless you've started, in which case, don't stop. The results are horrifying. <laughs> so, man spends nine hours in the gym per day, I mean, seriously. But, yeah, Billy Gunn was not at the DX reunion on the season premiere of Raw. They made references, wasn't... What, didn't there used to be more of us? Jokey, jokey, jokey. Um, Road Dog is claiming that uh, AEW said no, he can't be there. Dave Meltzer's came to the defence of AEW, surprise, surprise, saying that Tony Khan wanted... To, Tony Khan was going to allow him to go but they wanted reference to the fact that he works in AEW and maybe a mention of AEW. Now, that to me is... It's a demand you know you're not going to get, but then you can make yourself look like the reasonable person. Like, all I did was want our name and our likeness all over their show. You know, like, obviously you were never going to get that. And, and let's face it, they've had that in the past. You know, obviously there's the Sami Zayn mention of AEW when th- that whole wild period of Monday Night Raw was happening. And mm. he did, what was it, Sami Zayn's electric chair or whatever it was called. That whole thing. And he was, he was just kind of like unscripted, off the hook kind of deal. And yeah. obviously Chris Jericho has done the, the Steve Austin Broken School Sessions. They've had mentions of AEW within the WWE you know, ecosystem. So it's happened in the past. And I'm guessing he, he just thought that maybe he could take it one step too far, not just getting the mention, but maybe much like Impact did. And they got the kind of branding and they got the, the you know, the, the, the bar, the name bar, and they got to bring the title out or whatever. I mean, obviously he doesn't have a title, uh, but, you know, maybe they thought he was going to get that. But let's face it, he was going to be part of a DX reunion. He was going to be part of the full package. He ain't getting a separate name bar. He ain't getting any separate thing. We're not going to go in there and it's like, Oh, and it, yeah, here's X Park. Yeah, he's going to and, and, and look, it's Road Dog. He was one after the tag team champions, and here's here's Billy Gunn. And by the way, he works for AEW now. <laughs> Back to it. I um, now that you've just mentioned that, I'm just thinking of a Troy McClure style entrance for Billy Gunn. Just like wasn't. <laughs> Hi, I'm Billy Gunn. You might remember me from such films as Scissoring, Getting to Know Acclaimed, and The Adventures of the Ass Boys and Dan Houser. I mean, yeah, couldn't you imagine it? Seriously. It, um, oh, if they did it, it would have been humorous like that. And then Tony Khan would have gone, ah, oh, we're just taking the mick out of us because they're jealous and that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but like, AEW doesn't shy away from taking needless, pointless pot shots at WWE. Like, at the start, people were like, yeah, this is great. Now, even the most adamant of AEW fans are just like, can you just kind of get on with it? Exactly. 100%. Yeah, I I don't see any reason why they should have allowed him to do it. And because he is their employee, and that's absolutely fine. But don't make it out as if I was reasonable. All I wanted was, you know... 25% 25% of the screen time to be an AEW logo? Fuck off, shut up. <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on from uh, AEW just now. Uh, <laughs> my rants, because nobody wants to hear I'm that. I'm not going to start on mine. 
<laughs> we'll save that for after the show. <laughs> but yeah, moving on from NXT. Well, in fact, sorry, I was about to say moving on from AEW to NXT. Maybe that's why Triple H doesn't want to deal with him. Triple H's baby is NXT. Yeah, they, maybe. They did pick the... You know, people can go all counter-programming. You went after the night. Everyone knew for years, Wednesday night, NXT. That's when NXT's on. You chose that night for your show. Yeah. They went up against it, and Triple H lost his baby. So maybe that's something to think about. But his baby was back with a Halloween Havoc takeover this past Saturday from the WWE Performance Center, Vic Joseph and Booker T on commentary. What do you think of Booker T on commentary, by the way? He's one of those people who kind of like, I, I enjoy him, probably in small doses. He's he's really good at one point, and then he'll he'll be utterly terrible the next minute, and then he'll be pretty damn good again, and then he'll be utterly terrible. He's one of those, he's so inconsistent, he's like an inconsistent footballer. Yeah, he just can't, he can't get that consistent quality all the way through it. I mean, I thought Wade Barrett was really good, and he's a great addition at SmackDown, him and Cole are working really well together. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet. I think, he, you know, Vic Joseph's doing a really good job with him as well so far. So, yeah, I, I like Vic, and, uh, and, and full praise to him for doing that. But, yeah, obviously he's had a bit of controversy as me, um, over the, you know, the past couple of days. I did enjoy his commentary, though, at Halloween Havoc with the, um, um, Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade match. Who's that? Booker T or Vic Joseph? Uh, Booker T, because obviously he was quite, he had quite a vested interest in that. Roxy's his girl, isn't it? From, yeah. um, from Reality of Wrestling. You know, he, he kind of trained her and brought her up through there. So, you know, he had a very emotional attachment to that, and I think it shone through and it worked. Uh, and he put over, you know, like how much he cared about it. And, and when he does that, he's great. But when he goes off on one, it doesn't, Click. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, I've just seen the Booker T uh, allegations of homophobia. I, I think. Yeah, it's, it, that, that's it. It's, you know what I mean? He'll go on, go and do something like that, and I know he's he's come and defended it and said like, you know, that's not what he was getting at. But it's it's still you know you've you've got to be careful with stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading his comments just now. We'll, we'll get into that a wee bit later because uh, Quincy Elliott and uh, Shotzi Blackheart has a lifelong gig as long as Triple H keeps pumping out Halloween Havoc. See, she's <laughs> the, the host of... There's a really good video, actually, with uh, Kayla and uh, Baron Corbin. They go to Salem, and it's it's pretty good. It's from the bump, and they, they just have like a whale of a time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, we need to talk about Baron Corbin shortly. Um, oh, I thought we're getting all the topics in here now, aren't we? We'll get back to Halloween Havoc, but we're pulling them all up. But yeah, we um, I'm just cracking that energy can. I'm going to need it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Halloween Havoc, a six-match card. Um, six-match card, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Five, six. Yeah, so um, we had, we'll just run down the card. We had the... Uh, the ladder match to determine the new North American champion. We had the Apollo Crews versus a Grayson Waller match. We had Roxanne Perez v Cora Jade. The ambulance match involving Diamond Mine. The women's championship with Alba Fire against Mandy Rhodes. And the triple threat match for the NXT World Championship. Yes, we had, we had six. I was right. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think we agreed that this was a show that was bookended by two very good matches. Uh-huh. But it went quite heavy on the gimmicky stuff and some of the stuff really just fell off a cliff. Some of it was very, very bad. Let's start with the good though. The North American title ladder match. Um, I was okay with any guy winning this match except Carmelo because I thought it would have been pointless to have him lose the title to then just win it back. It's as if, oh, well, the only guy that can beat me isn't here anymore. What chance do the rest of you have? There's much bigger things than Carmelo Hayes' future right now. So, yeah, it was right for him not to win that match. Yeah, him and uh, Trip Williams, I wouldn't mind seeing them both go for the tag titles in the future. Get them on SmackDown or something like that. I'd love to see them two on the main. Them two are great. They're really, really good. I'll, I'd love to see them on the main roster real soon. I loved his uh, entrance. Yeah. I thought he got the he got the intro from Trip Williams up on one of the stands, uh, just getting flashbacks to Vince McMahon showing... <laughs> oh, yeah, the dive, yeah. Showing Gronk how to do the dive. But, yeah, um, a great match, I thought, to open the show. Wesley, obviously, we mentioned uh, winning the title in a match involving Carmelo Hayes, Oro Mensa, Von Wagner and Nathan Fraser. Uh, Von Wagner nearly killing a, a woman in the front row. Yeah, he, he really yeeted old Wesley there, didn't he? He launched him. Oh, wasn't wasn't so talking about that. More the more the. Um, oh yeah, that incident, of course. Yeah, I remember with the ladder. Yeah. Oh my word! Yeah, and he, he almost took her out, didn't he? Because that ladder was just—it was too short a gap between the ring and and, and the fencing. And, and he, yeah, he pulled it out and almost took her head off. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Von Wagner, chill out, sunshine. Uh, Robert Stone, or Mr. Stone now, obviously with Von Wagner, finding his way again after the after being fired by Chelsea Green yeah. a year ago on NXT Black. <laughs> and he, he was throwing himself about as well in this match, showing that he still got it from his days in the X Division. He is bumping like no tomorrow at the minute as well. You know, he's taking regular slams and stuff from uh, Thea Hale too, and uh, he's really he's really doing quite well in that role. I like him in that. But like you said, he's throwing himself around a bit. I wonder if yeah, they're ever going to let him get in there. Well, he is obviously a former X Division and former tag team champion in Impact. He's no slouch, you know. Yeah, boy can go. You know, I mean, he he's one of those. One of those managers that, you know, he looks quite weaselly, you know, but you you know he could get in there and have a good match. He could probably shock a few people. I think yeah. that might be like his little coming out party in the sense that, you know, if he goes in there and has a really good match. Absolutely. But um, uh, Wesley, obviously, the winner here, the photo online afterwards um, of his trainer, Shawn Michaels, hugging him. It's been rough for Wesley in NXT, obviously, because he lost his tag partner um, due to stuff that may or may not have happened, uh, personal allegations mm. put t- towards the other half of MSK. But he has bounced back. He's he's obviously been in the hunt for the North American title for a while, and it's 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 a nice photo to see. I th- I've seen a lot of people. A lot of AW fans going, why is it okay for Sean to hug him, but it's not okay for Tony to hug um, 
Cesaro and then other people going, see, this is a real moment. That other one was scripted and it's just like, yeah. just let this moment be what it is, which is a nice moment. It's a nice moment between his his idol and his trainer and Sean seeing one of his guys win the North American title. Yeah, it was it was really cool, and it, it's it's great to see stuff like that. And like you said, the whole sort of Tony and Cesaro thing was very, you know, sort of for the cameras, very scripted. This was a, a really nice moment that, yeah, you know, was captured because obviously they've got photographers backstage, and that's what happens. And and it was cool for that to happen. I think it's it's great, you know. And uh, Wes actually mentioned on this week's NXT uh, when he did his promo, he said that he didn't think he was going to win a title here, not least on his own. Yeah, you know, he, he kind of did make a reference to MSK without saying mm. anything about it. And it was quite cool that, uh, I mean, obviously then that promo went into a totally different way, but um, a, a very good win. I like Wes. Um, I, I thought, I'm going to be honest, I thought they were going to go with Nathan Fraser. I thought and, they were going to go as well. Yeah, because they'd heated him up really well. And, you know, obviously that series with Axiom, uh, a kid uh, was was really really good, and uh, he's over. You know he's over like over right now. He's doing really well, and they kind of. But then the booking logic from back in the day makes sense here. They put Wesley on a, a touch of a losing streak, and like he's finding himself, and he's fought for this, and and that now that journey makes sense. Uh, but I just saw Nathan Fraser as a big breakout, and he had a he had a breakout performance. I have to admit, but um, I thought he was going to take it. But yeah, really pleased for Wes. Um, I think he's going to do very very well with that title. He's in a good place for that now, and and let's see where he can go with it from here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, somebody pointed out online that the current title in WWE with the most representation for African American superstars is the NXT North American title. I'm just looking at the 14 reigns of uh, 14 people that have held the title Hello. Uh, Ricochet Velveteen Dream, Keith Lee yeah. uh, Ruff Isaiah Swerve Scott Carmelo Hayes and Wesley. So 7 of the 14 are African American Really cool yeah, really cool. Got, uh, Solo, who is Samoan. You've got Bronson Reed. He's from New Zealand. Damien Priest. He's uh, Latin American. A hodgepodge of people have held this. There's some great champions there as well. You know, I mean, obviously some of the talent not with the company right now. Maybe mm-hmm. coming back uh, from from rumours that yeah. But then you know, you look where some of them are now. You know, the likes of Damien Priest, who is in top-level stuff with Judgment Day and the OC, you know, on big cards. He's done his big thing at WrestleMania with Bad Bunny. You know, he's gone on and done really, really well for himself. Ricochet's a fixture. You know, had great matches on SmackDown with, uh, you know, he had those two great matches with Gunther. Um, That's fantastic. Keith Lee's doing his thing in AEW right now, and I think kind of rebuilding himself a little bit. You look at some of the talent there, I mean, you know, again, Swerve, he's, he's there with Keith Lee. Great talent. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and doing his thing, there's um, there's been some great stuff there. You know, I forgot, I almost forgot about Leon Ruff because he held it for like a, a week, didn't he, or something like that. Yeah, he held it. He beat Gargano because of Priest, and then he couldn't beat Gargano. Yeah, because Priest. Uh, sorry, yeah. Gargano, but then he beat Priest because of Gargano. So he was that sort of 
joke champion, but he... yeah, it was it was a strange moment, wasn't it? It was it was funny, but it was yeah, it was it was crazy. Those things NXT does well, though it was funny, but it didn't go too long. It wasn't yeah, work with the US title. Um, <laughs> but from the very very good of the NXT North American title ladder match to the very very bad of the spin the wheel make a deal casket match, Apollo Cruz, Grayson Waller. I know that you've got a, a bone to pick with this. But <sighs> yeah. Fire away. You, I'll let you. No, 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 no. You talk about the match first. I'll get to it because it is near the end, obviously. So. Well, Apollo Cruz can see the future now. I don't. I don't know. Apparently, that's part of the gimmick. Um, in between the start of this match, it took apparently it took twenty minutes to bring the casket down, at least because that's how long we had to sit through. Um, oh, there was a lot of filler, wasn't there? Yeah, the worst. Um, the worst addition to the Scream franchise ever, uh, Toxic Attraction, <laughs> go to try find Alba Fire, and he, I, I'm going to be honest, uh, John, I work in a care home, and I, I decorated the care home today with Halloween decorations. <laughs> yeah. Care home looks scarier than what <laughs> um, But horrible acting, far too long a segment, Mandy Rose... And toxic attraction, hunting for, um, hunting for Alba Fire. Why not just go to the arena and say, no, I'm not coming here. You want my <laughs> way? You come to the arena. You know, that's. I think it, was, it was just an excuse to get a haunted house thing in there, wasn't it? That's all it was. It was horrendous. But then, do you know what else annoyed me? Druids with short sleeve shots. Druids should be cut completely. Either Druids. Do Druid or don't do Druid. <laughs> like, yeah. no Druid. Don't, don't do any of that. But, um, yeah, Apollo Crews, Grayson Mock. I like Grayson Waller. I think he's a really good, really, really good heel. Um, he's good stuff with AJ Styles. He's, he's sort of been involved in far too much filler lately, though, for me. And he also this- played, uh, Ric Flair on Young Rock. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> there you are. But just far too much filler at the minute and this Apollo Crews storyline. I thought it might just have been me because I haven't really watched Apollo since he's went back to NXT, but I was like, Do I do I care about him? And no, no, it's not just me. The large spirit portion of the universe are like, why are we subjected to Apollo Crews? Um spin the wheel, make a deal casket match um, Booker T ranting and raving on commentary about how Apollo should have lost because he went through the casket no he went through the lid you have to yeah. go in the casket and close the lid if the lid yep. broke you can't close the lid it's in the rules Apollo Crew then calls upon the powers of the Undertaker to appear out of the casket and halfway up the ramp with Druids bringing a somewhat bigger casket <laughs> The match continued for what felt like an eternity, but I'm reading the times here, it was apparently only 12 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, Jeez. Do you, you want to have your wee rant about what you didn't like? <laughs> well, it felt like double that. <laughs> First, <laughs> it really did. Um, yeah, Apollo's a great talent, and I think he's kind of better than this, and he will probably admit that he's better than this. Um, Grayson Waller's finish, I I think it looks cool. It's a really, it's a great move, that kind of, yeah, roll through the ropes and into the stunner. 
and he hits it on Grayson Waller. Now, I, I've just, I just got back to, to wrestling training for like the first time in six, seven months or so. Um, and we, I actually ran through um, a finish sequence uh, with the guy I was training with, and, and I adapted my move a little bit. And it's like, oh, yeah, all these are hitting the marks, you know, and everyone, we were doing stuff, and it was all hitting the marks. And then I come home, and I watch this on a Saturday, uh, uh, or on a Sunday, rather, and I, I watched this finish move. Grayson Waller goes for his finisher, misses it, and Apollo still bumps it. But right in the view of the camera, where you can see that Grayson Waller didn't even get his hand around his neck to pull him down for that stunner. Yet Apollo just stunned by by thin air. Like, great, you went with it, mate, but you got caught on the camera. And that looked awful. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that is... And that killed the match for me. Completely killed it. Absolutely ruined it for me. I'm going to be honest, it was ruined for me about 20 minutes before that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not not for me, this match. Paulo eventually gets the win, the big uh, Grace Waller goes to cho- uh, Tombstone, Apollo, Apollo reverses it, then ends up choke slamming Grayson in and closing the casket lid. Apollo wins, but we all lose. We we definitely all lost. <laughs> um, it took me a while to get back into it because the the start of the women's title match and this took me out. Um, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez kind of brought me back into it, the Weapons Wild match. I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the ending. Cora Jade, like, you've never been my friend, Roxanne, but well, you were always mine. Hits the finisher onto the chair. One, two, three. There's not much really to pick apart here other than uh, Perez bringing the skateboard into the match. I thought that was a nice touch, but it was your standard hardcore match, and it was a nice blow-off to the feud. Yeah, you know what? I I thought the story was really good. I I enjoyed the story a lot, and and again, like you just said, I love the ending. I love what they did there. Uh, I thought it was really really cool. Um, and and the way that Roxanne sold like you are you are almost my best friend kind of thing. I thought it was great. Uh, the bump from the uh, balcony was horrid, but um, bar that, it was a kind of like okay match. But the storytelling was so good, it it made it better in a way. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I haven't been watching much NXT. I'm trying to get back into it. Um, but yeah, take over, get back into it with those guys. It's just a bit, <laughs> it's a bit hard to get over something when Apollo Crews is just one a match. <laughs> yeah, but, once you've had something like that, like that match that just kind of died to death, you know, to, to bring, this out, which was obviously going to be, you know, quite an intense storyline. That those two hadn't really got like a, you know, something that you could really get your teeth into. This was a really deeply personal thing. You know, you needed to invest in this and care about it, and it wasn't all about the, you know, getting the toys out and just whacking each other with chairs and stuff like that. There was a, a an emotional angle to this, and it was, I think, difficult to get into because of that. Seconding, both those ladies are only twenty years old. It's wild. I, I heard a quote from Shawn Michaels when he was uh, it was on Busted Open, and he said like it's crazy that these two women are like a combined age that's still younger than me. 
<laughs> I'm just looking at like some of the ages for the NXT roster because Wesley is only 27. Yep. Just absolutely disgusting. Carmelo, 28. Okay, like Thea Hale's 1920, isn't she? Something like that. Now, because like she's getting in there quite a lot with with Chase U, she's very young. I think that Sol Rucker is around about twenty three, something. Like, I think uh, that Nikita Lyons is twenty three ish, something like that. God, see, it's just sickening, isn't it? <laughs> it's a very young roster, but I mean, that's kind of what they're, you know, they're really building with now, aren't they? They're going for those, you know, extremely young athletes that are getting in there and and you know, helping them transition into this sport, which is, is very cool. And they're obviously picking it up very, very fast, which is, is great. But they're, you know, then again, they're doing it five days a week, aren't they, once they sign to that contract, so. Yeah. Nathan, like, Kaylee Ray, Alba Fire, Kaylee Ray. She's always Kaylee Ray to us. Being only 30 blows my mind just because. Yeah. She's been back for ages, hasn't she? She's been around for ages. But, um... Julius Creed defeating Diamond, uh, Damien Kemp, the Diamond Mine implodes in an ambulance match. Uh, had Julius lost, Brutus Creed would have had to leave NXT. Um, Damien Kemp did quite well playing, playing off of the, the betrayal at Worlds Collide, being sort of just a dick. He wanted to pick Diamond Mine apart bit by bit. He's taken out Roderick Strong. Now he wants to break up the Creed brothers. And he'll only agree to a match if Brutus has to leave. He was so smug in the lead up to this and, you know, I don't think he loses anything in this loss. I think Julius Creed gets his revenge and he looked like a star as well. The, um, the bit near the end where Julius Creed puts his hands in the ambulance door to stop yeah. it shut and takes that bump of it three times to win the match eventually. I thought that was brilliant. Um, another good match, but again, just <laughs> I wasn't really into it just because of the the crap that had happened earlier. Yeah, there was some good stuff here, and again, I, I kind of drifted off a little bit uh, <laughs> at this point too. But I like the Creed Brothers a lot. I think they're great. Damon Kemp's obviously coming along quite well, but I really like the Creed Brothers. They they're um, they're going to be a big addition to the main roster tag team scene when when things can open up in that front real soon. Uh, they're very good. You know, a little bit more seasoning with those two, and I think they're going to be a cracking team on the on the main roster. They they look fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll we'll talk about something that happened uh, this week on NXT because part of it happened on uh, Halloween Havoc, and part of it happened on this week's NXT. I'm just looking. So. A.V. Rain. A.V. Rain, yeah. Yes, uh, we had... I, I forgot his name. Which Joe, one are you talking about? Joe Gacy? Joe Gacy, yes. Joe Gacy and the Grizzled Young Veterans, although we don't call them that anymore. Let's <laughs> uh, Talking to someone in a red hoodie saying that your face will be revealed on Tuesday. Your face will be revealed to the world. You've proven yourself worthy to join your cause. Uh, and Amy Rain, the name for uh, Simone Johnson, the first ever fourth generation WWE wrestler. That's a mental stat, I think. The first ever fourth generation mm-hmm. WWE superstar uh, joining Schism. 
I like this for, I think, a name that doesn't have Johnson, doesn't have Anoa'i, doesn't have Rock in it. Being part of a group where the focus isn't solely on her and leaving her in NXT so she can continue to develop. Great, great, because you knew if you just put her in the ring and went, this is the rock star, it would have been the Natalia syndrome. Yeah. It would have been the Heart Foundation music and last woman who trained the Heart Dungeon and do you know who her dad is and do you know who her uncle is? It would have been that sort of thing. Throwing her in there, I absolutely love this one. You know what? It was a really cool introduction to her on uh, on Tuesday's NXT, and she got a good pop from that small crowd that's there because obviously it's quite a small crowd in that performance center. Uh, she got a really good pop, and in that group there, she's got Joe Gacy, who is good in the ring as well. I've seen what he can do, but he's a fantastic promo as well, so she can learn a lot from him. And she's with two really solid wrestlers who she can also learn off. With uh, the GYV, with with Schism, um, Rip Fowler, Jagger Reed, yeah, obviously James Drake, Zach Gibson. Um, mm-hmm. She's in a very good spot. Now, I've, I've never seen her in the ring. I know she's done a lot of the NXT small house shows that they've been doing in the States. I've never seen her, so I'm very interested to see if she can go, because like the first impression, and the first impression is always one that sticks, first impression was good. So yeah. let, me see, let me see what she can do inside those ropes. And if she can go, then, you know, we've got a good start here. Yeah, so, so we then see the ambulance uh, with Damon Kemp driving away from the arena, only for a car to come in. Who could it be? Who could it, we know who it is. It's the <laughs> roads in Alba Fire. Uh, their match continues. I... See for the shit we had to sit through, for the actual in ring stuff to be seven minutes long, pissed me off. <laughs> there was a lot more that could have happened in this match, I think, and it's it's a shame that it didn't get the amount of time it deserved, really, and and that's that's a shame. Yeah, it's. Mandy Rose uh, continues her Triple H style <laughs> run with the title. Um, who who do you see beating her at this stage for the title? Oh, this is the difficult thing, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah, I I actually I picked Albert to win in this. I thought because my thinking was that they were they they were going to move Toxic Attraction uh, to to Raw or SmackDown. Uh, so I thought they were going to pull them away uh, from from NXT, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Maybe they just left this so Mandy Rose could get that one year as champion and she's going to drop it soon because that's yeah. actually quite a, a big thing. Um, but oof, who could take it? I, I mean, the, the obvious answer is, Ro- is, is Roxanne Perez. Um, mm. that's, the, that's the completely blatantly obvious answer. Some of the other big contenders, I think, have been sidelined into the tag division, like Zoe Stark. I thought she could have had a you know, good run. Um, Nikita Lyons, not quite ready. Indy Hartwell is over, but not over enough to be a champion. Like that. Like, not, not like the figurehead. Um, so, you, yeah, you, you, you're left with you know, a Roxanne Perez to, to do that and then have the other stars established underneath her. 
Um, yeah, I'd love to see like Roxanne Perez as champion, uh, and this is you know, like a really competitive thing going off. I'd love to see Ivy Nile challenging. <sighs> Wouldn't mind Ivy Nile either. No. Um, well, as of as of yesterday, she has passed that one year reign. She's at three hundred and sixty six days now um, with the title, Mandy Rose. She's also the obviously the undisputed. NXT Women's Champion after unifying the NXT UK Women's Championship as well. Could yeah. we see... Do you, do you think Miko Satomura is going to maybe... Good go question. To, or are either her or Blair Davenport coming back, you know? Again, yeah, I completely forgot about that. And and then there seems to be... I don't know if she's kind of... You know, it doesn't seem that she's announced the release or anything like that. Isla Dawn's still hanging around. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's another one who could transition over to NXT. So, I mean, they've, they've, they've got a new character turning up, haven't they? There was a promo uh, which went out... Uh, I, I didn't see it on the show unless I kind of skipped through it just after one of the ad breaks and I didn't notice. Um, with somebody calling up the performance centre... And then um, it, it was, you know, leaving a voice note, but it was very kind of like Matrix-esque, a little, you know, kind of like uh, a hidden voice kind of thing. So I don't know whether there was anything, you know, there. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of this, you know, bizarre character that, that you know, that, that was kind of teased. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's another option that could be hanging around if Isla Dawn's still part of the, part of the club. I think again, Ava Rain is too, you know, too soon. Yeah, you've got you got to heat her up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, speaking of promos, uh, we saw a fire being lit and someone throwing a mask into a fire. When you zoom into the mask, is T Bar's mask? T Bar, known as formerly a uh, Dominic Dijakovic, who had his best run in WWE and NXT. Uh, some classic matches with Keith Lee. Had a couple of shots at the title against Adam Cole. A few matches with Johnny Gargano and the like. Um, great to see Dominic Dijakovic being stripped of the remnants of that horrible, horrible gimmick. Yeah, 100%. Bring him back as uh, as Dijakovic. Feast your eyes, all that kind of stuff. Want to see that again. Uh, I really, really dug what he did. Uh, like I said, those matches with Keith Lee. I mean, <laughs> God, run, run those matches back. Watch him again. Uh, they still stand up. It's extremely high quality. Those are part of War Games and Survivor Series yeah. uh, 5 on 5 in 2019, so another two great matches under his belt there. Um, well, he was shaved bald as uh, T-Bar, so maybe it's an Elias situation where we just need to wait for his... <laughs> wait for his hair to grow back, yeah. God. But anyway, um, we started with a banger, we'll end with a banger. Braun Breaker, uh, the forever champion in another sense, <laughs> uh, the chosen one of NXT 2.0, defeating Ilya Dragunov and uh, JD McDa- McDonough. McDonough. McDonough, um, the Irish version of American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's the, it's the Irish Patrick Bateman. But yeah, um, Two challenges I like that he defeated because uh, JD sort of just got brushed to the side after taking him to the limit when Tyler Bate appeared yeah. with NXT UK title and Dragunov never lost that NXT title, beat Walter for it of all people. So, you know, 
he deserves another run with it. So, good match, I thought. Um, there's not really much I can say about it. Like, it it's hard to talk about the good bits of a match for me, but when a match is shit, I have <laughs> I have everything to say about it. I'll let you I'll let you wax lyrical. Yeah, I mean triple threats are always a weird one because obviously, you know, one person's gonna be outside the ring for a little while. You know, unless it's yeah, you're gonna have that two on one situation. But then again, once that two on one situation's finished, then you know, that one person who's had the beat down is gonna be out of the action for a while and you're focused on those two. So triple threats are always a bit of a weird one to watch, really, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really solid match. Dragonov is, is, is spectacular. Uh, JD's doing some great work at the moment. His promo stuff is, is great. His, his facials are brilliant in the ring. You know, he looks like a complete arsehole. You know, <coughs> he comes across like that. Uh, and, and that's brilliant because that's exactly his character. And, uh, and Bron Breaker is, is still, you know, doing Bron Breaker things and, and he's really, really good. The result was correct. Um, I think it's it's way too early, obviously, for Dragunov. That like the audience don't know him enough to, to take him completely seriously as NXT champion straight off the bat. Um, you've got to reintroduce him. JD McDonough is not quite there yet, but he's almost at that level. Uh, so it's not it's not the right time to give him the title. Um, from Breaker, obviously. He's destined for superstardom. That is quite clear. Um, when he loses that title, it's got to mean something. And, you know, it, it's got to mean something big before he disappears. Well, well, let's talk about the implications because we saw recently on NXT uh, teasing that he could cash in Austin Theory. Austin Theory, no one's ever cashed in on the NXT title before, but, you know... Charlotte Flair used her Royal Rumble uh, winner's spot to challenge for the NXT title. So the you you talked about it meaning something. News came out this past week that they might have Theory hold the title for a year, so he's the first guy to do that sort of thing. Yeah, interesting kind of yeah angle they're going off with it. We we talked earlier about how they backed themselves into a corner mm. by the fact that Roman Reigns' title reign, when it ends, has to mean something. Yeah, the whole fall of the bloodline has got to be, you know, that's the, the people who win those tag titles, the people who win that title off Roman, it's got to be huge. And I don't want it to be a cash-in. No. I don't want the person a la... Uh, the bar in 2017 and 18, it's a 16, 17, where the bar beat New Day for the titles only to lose them the next month to the yeah. club under freaky circumstances. It's got to be at least a three month reign. And with theory has kind of been boxed in here, but with Braun Breaker, I think if you cash in on him, it means something for the simple fact that it's now put NXT in the conversation with Money in the Bank. It is, it is added that to the conversation and it allows, excuse me, it allows for Braun to go up and for Theory to have a reign that isn't undermined by any 
Bloodline or Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins sort of or, or Bray Wyatt who's obviously just returned you know none of the none of the distractions of the main roster he's the guy yep 100% I mean you could bring him in there and he'd, he'd do a great job and he, he would you know like Ron Breaker could have a fantastic kind of big title win you know big defence against whoever and then you know he's he's completely beat down from it and then you know Eight time down hits and and it's it's all <laughs> over at the at the WrestleMania weekend or something like that, but yeah, it would work quite nicely uh, for uh, for theories to be part of it and give Breaker that chance then to to go and get onto that main roster. I've got I've got a little theory about what they could do with it, you know Breaker on the main roster as well, but again, that's almost painting yourself into a corner like they've done with Theory. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. If they if they give for me, this is just my theory of it. If they put Bron Breaker on the main roster, Goldberg him, put him on a rampage. Yeah, that get the count up like they did with Asuka. And again, once he loses, it'll mean something. But you're yeah. gonna heat heat him heat that guy up because he just comes in there, wrecks someone, and he's gold. Get those big meaty men slapping me. Yeah, <laughs> just get in there, wreck wreck people, get the count going. You you you'll heat him up like no tomorrow. Not exactly a, a bad thing, no. It's a, it's a good shout. But the next, obviously, premium live event is Crown Jewel and then Survivor Series. But the last show of 2022 will be NXT TakeOver Deadline. Um, be held on the same day as Ring of Honor's Final Battle and UFC 282. So a lot of competition for this one. Yeah, it's a, a fairly big day for combat sports, really, isn't it? There, some uh, some big names, and let's see how that turns out. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, your, your NXT event's going to be available on on the Peacock and on WWE Network, whereas the Ring of Honor event will be a pay per view, I expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then obviously UFC, uh, I believe is that pay per view in the states. I'm pretty sure it's pay per view. Uh, and it it's, uh, it it flits between BT and and BT pay per view over here, doesn't it? So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to to see that. But it's a, a big weekend, there's no doubt. Uh, yep. So from I'm just looking up. Um, sorry, guys, I'm just. I had something open here regarding our next story, which is about CM Punk and his AEW buyout clause. Oh, my word. This whole thing just changes all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> well, this originally came out about six days ago. Uh, AEW in contracts, about a contract buyout, but the length of CM Punk's non-compete is a sticking point in the negotiations. I think that's because... Triple H has made it clear his view, apparently his stance of having nothing, having wanting nothing to do with CM Punk has apparently changed. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very interesting. I think backstage in WWE, the reaction to Punk coming back will be probably not great right now. Um if you bring him back, yes, he will make a bucket load of money. There is no doubt you will sell all the T-shirts. But he brings that toxic brand with him now, and, and I think you're, you've got to bring him back for a reason. You can't 
you know, you can't give him a Brock Lesnar deal. No, you cannot. But at the same time, I I don't think you... I think whoever was going to make the money with CM Punk was the person that got him after seven years. And lo and behold, it was AEW that got him. He ran that good way. Even, you know, the MGF feud was good, but there was nothing really great. There was good matches with Eddie Kingston and... um, There's a lot of potential there, wasn't there? And it just didn't come off. There's a lot of potential, but... um, Sorry, you just hear thumping there as my dog scratching up. Hey! Um, yeah, sorry. So, don't worry, we'll be talking about dogs in a minute, so that's not getting edited out. This is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zia, obviously, his contract stance was that it looks doubtful. Uh, Meltzer wrote that it'll be doubtful to be back, but those with close knowledge of situations are on top of Punk about a buyout of the remaining years of his contract, which tell you they're not looking to bring him back. The holdout is said to be the non-compete. He wrote that non-complete is obviously because WWE is the only other group that can pay him what he's asked for. Punk's currently injured and no public timetable when he could be out for. Uh, the length of the disputed non-complete has not been released. Um, but WWE did return... How? <laughs> uh, WWE did uh, turn down CM Punk's return before. Uh, it was Fox that brought him back yeah. for the backstage, uh, only for WWE to say they wanted nothing to do with him. But that's where the Triple H story comes into. Apparently, his stance has changed after previously wanting nothing to do with him. Uh, the bit, rumors suggest that Punk's return is now the biggest they've been since he left WWE in 2014, due to his ongoing issues with. AEW I was told I mean pretty straightforward that Triple H wants nothing to do with CM Punk and even less to do with Phil Brooks at least that I was told in July so that was when Triple H took over I guess they're no longer foxhole buddies right nope (laughs) But uh, WrestleVotes reported that his stance on returning has softened. So I did ask over uh, WrestleVotes said that we did ask over the last couple of days if it had softened, uh, and it is a little bit from what I understand. I still think there's animosity. I still think there's lots of pieces that need to be picked up between them. The two of them specifically, a hunter learned from Vince, and Vince makes amends with everyone if the money is right. Uh, to say the door's closed is ridiculous on anyone's part, especially in this quote-unquote war. That's happening right now. I would, I wouldn't say, I would say never say never, absolutely. So, it looks like a story that's a non-story that's only a story because he looks to be leaving one place. Uh, it's nice to see WWE signing former people after every time someone leaves WWE. It's AEW debut of this person coming soon. Yeah, such a person is all elite. Um, and now it's going back the other way. Oof, would would I sign Punk? No. Um, would I sign Punk if Fox were paying for him? Yeah, why not? But he'd have to adhere to some very strict guidelines. And 
uh, I think it'd be a case of like, you know, you mess up, you're gone. And, you know, it, he's, Punk could be an attraction piece. Not like he was in AEW, you know, going, you know, being on weekly TV. He, he's no, going nowhere near the title. He's an attraction piece. You put him up against, you know, up and coming stars like he did, you know, he did a little bit of that in AEW as he was sort of feeling his way back in, but I wouldn't have him march through him. I wouldn't have him win all the time because he's a wily old Fox experienced guy. You know, he's, he's going to start putting people over in the end. Yeah. And and that's what he needs to, to do. But does his ego accept that? No. So I think he's, you know, th- this is a situation that people are going to salivate over for a little while. And, oh, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch some wood because I'm going to hope my prediction comes true. It'll never happen. <laughs> um, so more news about CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk claims that his dog Larry was hurt in the backstage fight after All Out. Uh, Rumours from the original story said that uh, Kenny Omega grabbed the dog to remove him from the altercation after A Steel and Punk started throwing fists with the Young Bucks. Uh, And it says here, In the days, weeks after the fight, there have been several versions of the story about what happened, including the version Punk told from his side of things and the story about Larry the dog which had not been told until last night Dave Meltzer noted in Wrestling Observer that he had gotten stories from both sides and the part of the dog has never been mentioned Meltzer noted that per multiple sources CM Punk's story about the dog is total fabrication uh, Meltzer later said following falling on the Observer board in response to members talking about the subject anyway multiple eyewitnesses have said the dog's story was total fabrication if it was true, at the end of the investigation, it would have been Punk staying and the elite going. It's, uh, I, I don't even know what to say about it all anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't. <laughs> I, well, lost, let, I lost words with it. Let's talk about a possible elite return because um, they have been backstage. Uh, anyway, a video aired a showing them soon to be back on TV. It was like the elite, but they were like on fire. Uh, so let's cover their faces. Um, I don't I don't know if this is going to be the elite and their unique sense of humour, making fun of all the hocus-pocus surrounding the White Rabbit storyline with Bray Wyatt. Um, but yeah, um, it looks like the elite will be back sooner rather than later, possibly to go after the six-man tag titles they won and then had to vacate immediately. Yeah, that that looks quite plausible, doesn't it? I mean, whether, whether they're going to come back straight away or not, I don't know. But it'll be a little while and we're going to get more of these kind of promos. It's Yeah. Um, this is probably highlighting my level of interest in AEW at the moment because it has just waned so much. I'm just not bothered. Um, I know. I know. It's... They've made it hard. They've made it very hard for me to like the product right now. There's not. They've got a couple of standout bits. Remember a little while ago when we always, you know, we all watch Raw and we all consume all the wrestling and stuff that you know we can. And you'd watch Raw via watching the highlights, or you might like watch some bits on YouTube. Yep. That's how I'm taking AEW now because they're not doing anything that's grabbing me whatsoever. The only things that I, I really enjoy, I, I love FTR. I think they're great. Um, 
anything with uh, Danielson, throw that in there, and the acclaimed. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's pretty much it. Let's talk about um, some returns in WWE. The return of Baron Corbin with JBL as his manager. I absolutely love this. I I... sold on it already. I mean, JBL's the perfect foil for this. He... Baron Corbin's already unlikable, but when you add possibly one of the best heels in the last 15 years in JBL on the mic to the mix, it's just, oh, he, he slates, <laughs> he slates Oklahoma before introducing Baron Corbin. He slates, um, the South Dakota they were in last night or South Carolina. South your- Carolina, yeah. Get on your sweat hog hoofs and welcome. <laughs> uh, he's being referred to Mr. Baron Corbin, the modern day wrestling god. I mean, this is great. It's so, it's so good. Like you said, you know, you, you thought, oh, I hate you before, but now it's like, no, I really hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, Jay. Just, they seem to be knocking, as, as you mentioned, we used to watch Raw via highlights and, you know, the thoughts of a return of Baron Corbin would have oh my god, really. Now, under the Triple H regime, it's as if they can do no wrong. And obviously we know they can do wrong. We, yeah, we talk- things won't work. There will be stuff that's going to be a complete misfire, or it won't, you know, sort of work in the right way. But there's been more hits than misses. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and when you're, you know, when you're 6-4 up, it doesn't matter because you're winning. Exactly. But yeah, there is um there is so much stories to be told here, I think, with the the new wrestling on Baron Corp. They could have a lot of fun with this. Yeah, there's there's a lot to go with here. Yeah. I I think this is gonna be a fun a fun run for Corbin, without a doubt. I'm just hoping it's a gimmick he sticks with for a while because Gorb, eh, Corbin, Corbin seems to go through gimmicks like Big Show did, would you call it? Yes, doesn't he? Um, the good things on AEW, though, we, we mentioned, obviously, you, you watch some of it through Gritty yeah. Teeth. A potential um, heel turn, sorry, face turn for... Um, for MGF, MGF um, recently broke up a, a fight involving the oh, what is the what was the name of the stable? The firm. The firm. Uh, the likes of uh, W. Morrissey, uh, Anthony, whatever, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Ethan Page and Ethan Page and the Gun Club. Yeah. Um, Stop them beating down a John Moxley saying, you know, this is not how he wants it to be done. Only for W. Morrissey to then put him through a table. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. This, um, oh, I, I I don't quite know how I feel about. It. Apparently, um, WB, uh, One Plus Discovery, they really want MJF to be a face. They really want him to be like, you know, they, this is your next big superstar, your next big hero. Um, oh, yeah, I've been listening to Taylor Swift's Midnight's too much. He's the anti hero. He's Steve Austin. He's, he's a Stone Cold Steve Austin figure. Don't. 
Please I, don't. I, I was at my mother's. Uh, I watched. Uh, well, your mum was watching Steve Austin. No, no, no. My mum <laughs> to watch wrestling. <laughs> I was there because Scott stays at home, and we were watching Halloween Havoc together after a night out at the town. And I had a text from my missus: "New Taylor Swift album out. Can't wait to sing it. To do you at full volume? <laughs> Amazing." <laughs> It has been on a loop constantly in my house. You might have actually heard eagle-eyed listeners earlier on when we were talking, Taylor Swift started up. It was because Hayley thought she was funny and she put it on the Alexa, which is currently... All bangers, that's why. Swifty for life. Come on. (laughs) Oh, but yes, um, I sort of... I I don't know how I feel about a... You can't force it. Uh, yeah. You can't force this. It's going to be natural, but then he's got to run with it, but it's not in his nature to run with it because he's such a good bastard. And, you know, like, I, want, I, I don't want him to lose that because he's so good at it. <laughs> like, I remember I said to my friends ages ago, I was like, you can't ever turn him face. You know, he's going to be... It's, it's like, he's... Okay, so, like, he's Steve Austin in a sense, like the anti-hero, but he's yep. also John Cena. Like, everyone was like, turn him heel, turn him heel, turn him heel. Did you boo him? Yeah. Then he's a heel. He's a heel to you, because you're booing him. Yeah. So he's your bad guy, because you don't want him to win. So, like, with the, they could, like, run with the cheers, <coughs> but he's still going to act like MJF does, and still do that. He doesn't have to be the full-blown smiley he- uh, face he doesn't. You you can play this a different way, and I hope they do play it a different way. Yeah, it, I I hope they play it a different way as well. But it, well, uh, last two stories. Uh, first involving the Great Muta, and then the second, uh, sorry, the final story involving the women's PWI top yeah. 150. So uh, the final New Japan match for legendary wrestler Great Muta has been made official. New Japan took to Twitter to declare that Muta will be teaming up with Okada and Toru Yano of Chaos to take on United Empire's Jeff Cobb, Great Okan and Aaron Hennar in the upcoming historic X-Over event in the Araki Arena in Araki? I'm probably butchering that. You can listen to the guys on Twitter in front of me. Uh, <laughs> in Tokyo... Uh, so Muta obviously announced he was planning to retire uh, on the advice of doctors, opting for a farewell tour of the final five matches. He's already did three of those. He has to team up with his longtime friend and rival Sting to take on a yet to be determined tag team. Please be FTR. Oh yeah, uh, I say that. And yeah, his final match will be at so the historic X Takeover event. I don't know when that is. Um, I believe it's in December. I think it is. I can't quite remember the dates. It'll be on November 20th. Also, the same date as the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion will be crowned. There More on that over on East meets West. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. Uh, and one of those one of those names, even the most casual wrestling fans that doesn't watch New yeah. Japan knows about. Yeah, an, an icon, without a doubt. An absolute icon. And, uh, you know, he, this is a, a really good tour to kind of send him off. 
and uh, you know he's he's going to go down in legend. There's no doubt. These these things are going to be fun. And obviously, you know, sticking him in these tag matches keeps it light on him. You know, he doesn't have to do so much work. He can get his spots in. Doesn't have to go bumping left, right, and center. So wreck his body. He can do his spots. Do the miss. Have some fun. Boom. Done. Yeah, something I wish they did with Kurt Angle. More tag matches, unless yeah. those matches are not. Like, I, I know you want to take on Joe and AJ in WWE. We could easily have them team up. You know what I mean? Or you can yeah. team with Joe to take on AJ S and fucking Chad Gable if you want. You know, there's no, no shame in it. So, PWI Women's 150 list. Uh, just before the list obviously was revealed, who would you have had Number one. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't catch a lot of the uh, sort of Japanese women's wrestling. I don't get loads of it. I do catch little bits. But uh, off, off this year, off, off the run that she's had, it probably would have been Bianca Belair. I think Bianca Belair is, a, for a lot of people, the WWE choice. I think if you're an AEW fan, I, I um, last year made the claim that when people were talking about who was Woman of the Year last year, people were talking about um, people were talking about Brett Baker in there, and I really don't think you can make an argument now. I think she's gotten so cold in AEW. I wonder if we're going to have the same answer here. I, I agree with you at the minute. I really do, but I wonder if we're going to have the same AEW representative. It wouldn't be Thunder Rosa for me, to be honest with you. Um, if we were going totally on kayfabe, I'd put I'd have put Jade Cargill higher. Yep. But um, I'll read I'll read out the top ten for PWI's uh, 2022 Women's Wrestling 150. The top ten are from Stardom. Sayuri, uh, I believe I'm that's it. Sayuri, yeah, yeah. Siri. Um, she's the current stardom champion uh, 13 years pro was ranked 7th in the 2021 uh, list uh, she also is a pro MMA fighter 6 wins and 3 losses 13 wins and 1 loss in kickboxing she's would number not, 1 I'm not messing I would say would not point to fight her uh, number 2 Bianca Belair WWE Thunder Rosa WWE in 3rd place Becky Lynch uh, from WWE in 4th place can't really argue with that Yep. With the, the year she's had, certainly character-wise. Jade Cargill rounding at the top five in AEW. Jordan Grace and Impact at uh, number six. Uh, Saya Kamitani. Yeah, I was say Kamitani. Uh, Kamitani, there we are. And uh, stardom. Charlotte Flair, WWE. Don't know about that one, but okay. Um, Starlight Kid and stardom. And Taya Valkyrie for AAA and Impact. Um, I think this is a hard one to dissect because I said last time we did a, a women's list on in, yeah. um, and in the podcast of our top women and top men of the year uh, when we did it for shows last year. I thought Diana Perrazzo had a better year than Britt Baker. Yeah, Diana's had a fantastic year. She had a really good year, didn't she? I, I thought... Bianca Belair, when you win WWE Royal Rumble and then main event WrestleMania to win the world title in your division, 
I don't think you can not be number one. So that's yeah. why I thought last year he was number one. But um, I don't watch a lot of stardom, and as you mentioned, I, I can't really comment on the number one pick. Um, but yeah, Bianca Belair is the best of the rest, I don't think, is a tricky answer. I'd like to have seen Diana Perazzo higher. Yeah. I think even not being part of the... A, the women's tag title, sorry, the women's title picture. She still won the Reina Dorena's title and the Ring of Honor title. Had the Champ Champ Challenge every week on uh, AEW, uh, sorry, on uh, TNA Impact. Fuck's sake, one of those shows. <laughs> one of those shows. <laughs> and uh, she she had had a great year. She uh, won the tag titles with Chelsea Green as well was involved in the Queen of the Mountain match at Slammiversary. I'd like to have seen her higher. But uh, John Grace at the minute is the women's champion in Impact, so no argument seeing her as the high-level Impact star. She's a lot more... I think she, she gains more attention from mainstream audiences, despite yeah. still being an Impact, so I have no issue with that. Um, the only issue I really have is Thunder Rosa. I just... Britt Baker for a while was the best of a bad bunch and making the best of the the shit that she got in AEW, but I just do not rate the AEW's women's division. And right. yeah. and to put Thunder Rosa top three for me, it's a no no. Yep, I uh I, I agree with that. I don't think she's had that yeah that great a year and obviously the injury um is is not Done her any good? So yeah, I, I I like Thunder. I you know I I, I like what she did in NWA. Um, I don't know what's going on with her now, but and Britt Breaker's falling off a cliff. I don't know what's going on with that. It's wild. Well, Rio's back as well. Rio, Rio, of course, yeah, yeah, Rio's back. But then loses her first match back clean to Jamie here. Yeah. <laughs> What is going on? Anyway, um, I just got to give, sh- give a shout though to um, Alexis Falcon, who's in the list. I've trained with Alexis, and she's ace. Uh, she's made the list as well, and some uh, some people I've seen at um, Progress before as well, uh, like Kanji, who's got in there too. Laura Di Matteo, uh, some great talent has managed to get in that list too. And uh, yeah, Alexis is is a great talent. If you've not seen Alexis Falcon before, she's which uh, is one worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking for the the rest of the list. Everywhere I go, it's top ten, top ten, top ten. Yeah, I've not seen the, re- the yeah. I've just seen the names. I've not seen the actual full list. Nice of you to give us the full list, guys. Come on. Yeah, I think obviously you want you to subscribe to PWI. Have it here. I do not. <laughs> There's a lot of talk from, uh, I know, like, obviously the guys I work with, the Future Shock and everything else like that, they were saying, like, where's Lana Rostin in this? Is there any uh, other ones that you've seen that maybe um, you're like, why aren't they there? Oh, um, not off the top of my head, if I'm honest with you. Not the ones that, you know, the, there are other people that are, are on the list that I know from this uh, this list I've got here from Progress, the likes of uh, Charlie Morgan. Uh, Tony Storm's on there. Dakota Kai. I thought Tony Storm may have been a little bit higher because she exploded quite well in AEW. Uh, Dakota Kai's on that list. Obviously, she's made a, a, her comeback. Um, 
Giselle Shaw as well. I think that's a standout year. Uh, did some good work in progress as well and, you know, great work in impact. Good more of the list here. So, uh, 11th place, Tasha Steeles of uh, Impact. Oh, Tasha, of course. I can forget Tasha Steeles. She's, she won the title. She had a great year. Uh, Miyu Yamashita, uh, I believe she's in stardom as well. Uh, Britt Baker, uh, Masha Slamovich is in a good year in Impact. That was the uh, name I was about to ask you if it was on the list, because she's like one that's been picked for, for stardom, really. 15th uh, place, Mickey James in 15th, the Stardom High Speed Champ, AZM, Liv Morgan in 17th place, the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey in 18th place, uh, Deanna Perrazzo in 19th, no, I'm not having that, she should be a lot higher there, uh, Unitami, I'm not going to read her second name because I'll make an absolute arse of myself, but um, she was number 20, 21, Mandy Rose, uh, and he's um, good, yeah, that's probably quite fitting for her there. There we are, just my entire thing decided to freeze. Mercedes Martinez, Tony Storm, I believe, was 24. Dana Brooke, uh, 88. Um, some champions that didn't rank, the NXT uh, Tag Team Champions, Chance and Carter, didn't rank on the 150. Neither did one half of the Impact World's Knockout Tag Champions, Jessica. I can see why, just for the simple fact, she's been back about three or four months, and she's only yeah. been wrestling matches in the past month or so. And it's so, like Bailey, isn't it? She's been back five minutes. You know, Bailey will be up there next year. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the the list, the big hitters. Uh, you know, if I only had one thing to argue about, I can't say that number one didn't deserve it because I don't watch stardom um, but I can without a shadow of a doubt say that Diana Perrazzo should be a hell of a higher than 19th yep I agree with that um, but that all rounds up for Central this week John thank you very much for joining me my uh, pleasure mate next week if we do a show if we can be asked we'll be previewing Crown Jewel and the match that's not going to happen between Carl Anderson and Hikileo and <laughs> uh, also on the same day. Uh, and if we decide to do a show the week after that, that'll probably be reviewing uh, Crown Jewel and seeing where Survivor Series takes us uh, in the coming... Uh, where the road to Survivor Series is going to take us. Don't forget Survivor Series. Featuring War Games this year. I was about to say, it's the setup for War Games. Obviously, you've got to get that heat... Uh, you know, get that cooking up now, haven't you? So, I mean, you, you're looking at the, the, the teams that could be going in it. Which, uh, which which women's teams, which men's teams are going to go into saying it's going to be storyline driven. So, you know, everyone's getting their eyes on certain things. Everyone said that, you know, it was going to be the bloodline. Everyone, all the bloodline are going to be in there. I don't think the bloodline are going to be. I think something's going to happen in Saudi Arabia and the OC and the Judgment Day are going to be in war games because yeah. the storyline with AJ and Finn and AJ and Priest and AJ and... Edge, to a certain extent, has been growing since um, has been growing since uh, WrestleMania. When so, so are we saying then? This is just just to round this off. Let's let's have a, an early prediction for Survivor Series. Are we saying it's going to be OC and Edge against Judgment Day? And yes, I'm throwing Rhea in the mix there as well. So, there was a thing on Raw this week after Carl Anderson and Finn Balor's match. Um, <laughs> 
the OC discussed possible people as an X factor to take out Rhea Ripley. Now, I don't think the Bullet Club's ever had any female representation, really, have they? Um, I think it's been an all-boys club in Japan. That being said, is Carl Anderson's wife, is she not a pro wrestler? Was there not a thing about her being like Miss Bullet Club? Because she had a thing with Dana Brooke a few years back when Dana Brooke was teaming with the Good Brothers. She was called the uh, the leader of the club, sort of, uh, quote-unquote, and Miss Anderson did not like that. So, um, not Miss Anderson, Miss Gallows did not like that. So, there, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what woman it could be that's going to take out Rhea Ripley. But, wouldn't mind seeing a woman. Rhea's been talking about, you know, intergender matches and she's been saying, like, she doesn't want it to be a, a thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's not like, oh my God. She, you know, she's like, I can get in there. I mean, obviously she's been on the screen slamming the boys, so, you know, it's not that it's a, it, it's a taboo, it's not as a weird thing. Why not? I'd, I'd love for her to get the Nia Jax treatment in the Royal Rumble this year. Just yeah. take out number 30. Just start taking people out, because she, she would, she would dominate. Rhea is a, a talent, and she is incredible. And no, I, I, really. you, know, you want great things for her. Because she's so good. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about this and more on the road to, um, to, well, on the road to Saudi Arabia and on the road to war games. Obviously keeping an eye on things in NXT as well for Deadline. And of course, full gear coming up in the, full gear is the next pay per view, isn't it? Yep, that's the one. In fact, when is full gear? Because full gear is in November. I uh, yeah, I was going to say November. Um, I can't quite remember. Um, I, uh, it is going to be. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh my word! I've lost the date. Uh, full gear, twenty twenty two, Saturday, uh, November the nineteenth. There we are. Thank you very much, John. You're a lot more prepared than I am. This <laughs> I had no, to Wiki- shut down. My- Wikipedia, help me out there. I had to shut down my entire computer because the dodgy website I got, um, well, I'm going to say it's the dodgy website I got uh, the PWI list from and not the other dodgy websites I visit. But anyway, <laughs> on that, off the show, we'll just remember, not a dodgy website, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet uh, is the website. At Suplex Retweet is the Twitter handle, Facebook handle, Instagram handle, YouTube handle, you name it, it's that handle. And of course, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and Android. If you want to listen to a massive back catalogue of stuff, you're more than welcome to it. But you're not going to get any better than this duo right here, are you, John? Hell yeah! (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week, if we remember. We'll see you then. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now.